Welcome to Midnight Menu Plus One. I'm Ray Canada, And I'm Margot Moss. We're here at Ted's Frost Up on Claiborne and Calhoun in Uptown New Orleans. Once a week, Margot and I meet here at Ted's and we invite a member of New Orleans restaurant or food community to join us. And we invite them to bring along a friend, a plus one. And we never know who their plus one's going to be. Sometimes it's a, a neighbor, a, a fellow member, a, a family member, a fellow restaurant business colleague. A uh, guy who mows their lawn. It could be anybody. In just a few moments, we're going to be talking with our very special guest. And we are really excited tonight to have with us on Midnight Menu Plus One, um, Justin Kennedy, the one and only from uh, Parkway Bakery. So we're very excited. And, Margo, I'm wondering, before he gets here, do you have anything to share? Anything extraordinary happening to you this week? It's worth sharing, no? No. Nothing you? food related? No. I'm sure it was, but I'm. You know, Easter I, I wasn't too much. a big food uh, no? holiday for me. It was fun. Yeah. But no. And I went to a bunch of crawfish boils. I've been to some crawfish boils this week. I've been to like 10. <laughs> <laughs> Brussels sprouts. I hadn't had until this year, I hadn't had Brussels sprouts. In a, a boil? Yes, it was so good. Giant, like size of my fist, Brussels sprouts. Excellent. Unbelievable. I've never heard of also, that. Also, um, turnips. They put turnips in there. That sounds awful, but it was awesome. It was like carrots, but they, these were like kind of white turnips. Big, big chunks of them. And they were great. And then uh, what else? Were, all the regular things were in it. But yeah, I was, I was, um, I think I went to two, two nights in a row. I went to, to crawfish bowls. I didn't eat any crawfish in either one because I got so into the vegetables. Mm, I've only had crawfish twice this season. Okay. So I need to uh, boil up some crawfish and experiment. You ever do it yourself? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it cool. never it never turns out well though. Really? Uh, My new thing I was trying was lemon oil. Lemon oil. Someone told me about lemon oil. Okay. Got lemon oil. Well, the last time I went to had lemons floating around in there and oranges and stuff, but that's this. Is yeah, different. I had that too, but I I tried to. Lemon oil. I don't know what I'm doing. You I need like to the, leave like it up the, to the like the furniture cleaner, like the stuff you use. Yes, on pine salt. Pine salt. No, you put in like there? special ordered lemon oil from extract. Do lemons they, have they, oil this, in them? I went to this boil, and the guy told me that that was his secret ingredient. It was delicious. Okay. But um, he didn't tell me how to do it. But, and then your hair was real shiny afterwards <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> your skin had a glow afterwards. You're waxy. <laughs> okay. Well, it looks like Justin's here. How you Welcome. doing, gang? Thank you for hey, coming. Hey, the gang's here. all here. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for having me, first and foremost. Oh, and, it's uh, an honor to have you here. Yeah, definitely. And we're... Uh, Ready to get it going. Two weeks in a row of po' boys. We had, we had Killer Po' Boy on last oh, week. Oh, awesome. Which was really, really interesting. I've never been there, but uh, we did a segment. Uh, CBS did a segment with the Super Bowl, you know, and uh, they hit all the po' boy shops you got to go to, and, and we had a little piece on it. And I watched it, and I saw Killer Po' Boys, and they're doing things I want to do, <laughs> but uh, I can't do them. With a line out the door, so I'm gonna stick to what uh you know I do best. <laughs> you already is, got too many people coming. Uh, yeah. You can't well, get any more popular than you they are. They praised y'all too. So it's nice, real community uh, feeling because they 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 think highly of of y'all. It's neat because you know what, New Orleans is no competition. You know, you got this guy running a po' boy joint. You got me running my po' boy joint. If we're sitting in a restaurant right here that does po' boys, there ain't no competition. You know, we help each other out. It takes two hands to wash a face, and that's what I say. You know what? If I need if I need another hand and one hand's broken, I'm going to ask for yours, and I expect you to ask for mine and your time of need. Yeah, do you know any po' boy places that make great po' boys that just died out? They just couldn't get customers. I, I can't think of one. Uh, 
the city rewards good po' boys, I think. It does. It does. If you do it well and you do it right and you treat it with respect, the people will come, yeah. you know. And uh, one of my favorite po' boy shops in this town, you know, I've, I've, been, uh, I've been to every single one of them, <laughs> which whether they don't think I've been there or not, but one of my favorite po' boy shops is Guy's Po' Boys on Magazine. I oh, love yeah. Guy's Po' Boys. Yeah, uh, they're not open enough, though. They need more hours. Yeah. The place is like 25 hours a week or something. Right, I think maybe because the owner's in there working, you know. Yeah. But uh, it's, a, it's a great place. That pork chop po' boy with, like, the grilled onions on it is one of my favorite in the world. I love that. That's right near my house. Right. It's old school. It just reminds you. And, of course, Domelisi's is great. Yeah. And uh, Mother's is great. But that, that place, when I walked into it, it was like something that, that uh, I expect my customers to see when they come into my place. You know, yeah. I felt like I was at, at Parkway in a sense when I walked in. Yeah, it has a real neighborhood feel and yeah, all it that. Does. Yeah, it really yeah. does. It really does. You got a little regulars, right? I mean, you get the tourists because everybody's about We got eight to you, eighty crippled yeah. the crazy. We got young, <laughs> old. We got black, white. We got rich, poor. You know, yeah. that's what I like about po' boy shops because you go to certain restaurants. It might be a fine, fine dining Italian restaurant, or it might be a corner store in the middle of the uh, worst neighborhood in the city. Yeah. Okay, you got a certain type of crowd that goes there. You want to see the city of New Orleans? Come to a po' boy shop because uh, everybody goes. Rich, mm. poor, you know, you've got a, you got a guy rubbing elbows with a $500 suit rubbing elbows with a bum, and they're eating the same sandwich. It's a great equalizer. That's what makes it right. Yeah, so you, so you, uh, so you served President Obama a po' boy or two. Right. That's what I told him. He come <laughs> there, and he said, Justin, you like to cook? I said, Mr. President, uh, you know what? I like to cook, but if it wasn't for this corner, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be cooking. He looked at me. I got his attention. So I said, you know what? You know what makes, us, you know what makes me be here on this corner? is the people. Uh-huh. You know, I love talking to all. I love talking to the city. And uh, the first day, that Sunday, it came on a Sunday. The first uh, customer that day was sewage and water board worker. Filthy, dirty. Must have been working all through the night. Uh, must have been in a manhole all through the night. His name's Fred. He comes in every week. I said, Fred, man, a little early to be looking like that, huh? We just opened. He said, man, we had this over overnight gig we've been running. And he said, I just need a shrimp sandwich to get me back going. So I got a shrimp sandwich. Two hours later, President of the United States of America, Chief of Command, comes to get the same damn thing. That's what I told him. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, but I heard a little bit more about that. D- the night before, weren't you... Tell us about you were eating somewhere the night oh. before, and did you meet us kind of a... I went out with this lady friend of mine. Uh, I never go anywhere on a Friday night. It was a Friday before. Never go anywhere because Friday night we're busy at the place. And my, my buddy Matt Dwyer, who owns Charlie's Steakhouse, was busy as well. But he had some pregame tickets to the Saints game. Huh. And... He called me, and he said, Justin, I got these tickets uh, to the Saints game. Would you like to go? And I'm thinking, you know what? Sometimes you just got to get away. So I go. And me and my friend Kendall would go out to this uh, we'd go out to this game, and we drink like fishes. You know, anything that you could put, put down, we'd put it down. And I walk out the Dome after the game. I'm thinking, tomorrow's Saturday, and I am messed up. I'm going to feel bad, you know. So I, I got I to gotta feel I got to get me something to feel good. So we went to a coffee shop. And we ended up stumbling in Luke on St. Charles Avenue. Yeah. 
We're going to Luke, and they got that big coffee machine right when you walk in, that cappuccino machine at the bar. So I sit down. Uh, tell me if I'm talking too long because the story entails No, this. keep going. No, it's, it's great. great. Uh, we sit down at the bar, and I get a cup of coffee. I take that first sip. I'm like, yeah, this is right. I put it down. I go use the restroom from all the beers I've been drinking. <laughs> I come back. I don't know where Kendall went. She must have passed out on the street. <laughs> I walked back. Wait, you lost your date? I lost her. I don't know where she went. And that's just like a side note to the story. That yeah. sounds pretty important. And this is this yeah, this is a side <laughs> note. That's when 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 this comes to light, what happened? I'm thinking, man, these these guys were following me, you know. So uh, I go uh, to the restroom. I come back. I sit in my seat, and I go to sit in my seat, and there's a little six year old girl sitting in my seat with a cup of coffee, <laughs> my cup of coffee. <laughs> no. So I grab it and I say, "Excuse me, miss," and I go sit down a couple of seats down. Well, a family had sat down in the meantime while I was gone. And it was a father, a mother, a brother. And uh, the dad says, son, were you sitting here? I'm like, yeah, but it's cool. I'm, I'm here now. He's like, well, no. It ain't going to happen like that. He said, Emily, get up. He said, you don't <laughs> sit in front of a hot cup. You know better than that. Daddy raised you better than that. The girl starts almost crying. I'm like, man, I'm cool, man. You know, I'm right here. You know, it's all good. You know, you don't have to get on a girl like that. And he's like, no, son, my daughter needs to learn respect. Sit down here where you were sitting. He makes a switch. So now the daughter is sitting in the middle You're of nowhere. With the family. And I'm sitting in the middle of the family, drunk, <laughs> drunk as Cooter Brown, you know? And I'm like, man, you know? And so we start talking. And he's from out of town. And they come from out of town. He said, I'm here for the weekend only on some work. You know, I'm taking my family out to eat. So I said, you ever had a pole boy? He never had one. So I gave him a call. I said, you come by and see me, and I'm going to take care of you. And uh, the next day, Saturday, I'm in the window, hangover from hell, working. So I see him. He comes in. And he comes to the window just like I asked him. And he said, uh, he said, how you doing? I'm like, I thought that was really cool. And I love my locals, and locals will make that place run to the day I'm in the dirt. But when I see people from out of town, I treat them with the utmost respect and give them just as much, maybe even more, than the locals. Because this is why. I went to Chicago, and I have went to New York in the past couple of years. I found a place they make you feel at home. And when you're not at home, and you find a home away from home, you'll go there every year. And it gives you a sense of love and respect for that city. Yeah. So when you have out-of-towners coming in, a lot of out-of-towners live here. A lot of flybirds in New Orleans. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It yeah. takes more than the locals to make this thing work. Yeah. Absolutely. So... I make sure I take care of him. So I gave him dessert. I gave him a whole tour of the joint. I, sh I, I gave him the history of it. And he didn't bring his family. He brought a buddy, a guy that wasn't with him that night. And uh, they loved it, sent them on their way. The next day is a Sunday. It's the day the president comes. 11 o'clock we open. Guy walks in the joint. And he says, I need to speak to a manager. So I say, I'm the manager. And he says, uh, you know, my, my name's Lieutenant so-and-so. I represent the U.S. Military Naval Division. Same what? guy? No, this is a different oh, guy. It's the okay. next day. Okay. The president comes. He says, what I do is oversee the order and operation that goes on in the mess halls and the aircraft carriers to make sure the food is safe and sanitary on the ships. Somebody gets sick on the ship from food. Everybody's screwed, you know? Hmm. So uh, he says, I want to make sure your food's good enough for U.S. Navy. So I say, well, look around. <laughs> I thought he was bored of health. 
like this is the new thing they're doing <laughs> on the <laughs> Sundays. And you know the Board of Health ain't out on Sundays, so you can kind of slip by. They're putting the big guns in on your ass, <laughs> you know? So that's what I thought. So I have nothing to hide. I run my place like the U.S. military should run. <laughs> and he's running around. He's looking through. And I got an old guy named Mr. Gene live across the street. He barbecues every Sunday. And he always brings me a plate over. He called me up on my cell phone. He says, Justin, I can't bring a plate over today because these guys won't get me off the porch. And I said, what you talking about, Gene? He says, man, it's 90 degrees outside, and they got about 50 cats out here in London fog jackets, trench coats. <laughs> so I'm like, you're bullshitting. So I walk outside, look around. Sure enough, they got two guys on this block, two guys on this block, two guys on this block. And uh, still don't know what's going on. But what made me click the president was coming, uh, I, I forgot who he was in, in, in the police force, uh, Marlon DeFilla. Y'all remember Marlon DeFilla? Maybe he was a captain. Yeah. Maybe he was a chief. Mm. But uh, he was always the rep that talked on TV if there was a murder or something going on big time. He was on TV. He was a spokesman. And starch whites. Never seen Marlon DeFilla in person in my life. Okay? So there was either a major crime or something Or something big. going on. He's on the TV. I've never seen oh, him in my life. Yeah, yeah. So while I'm peeking out looking for these trench coats, guys, I look on the corner of Toulouse and Hagen right in front of my place. I see Marlon DeFilla standing up in his white starches, you know, with his hands crossed with pride. I'm like, what the hell is Marlon DeFilla doing in front of my place? You know, I ain't never seen him in person. Something clicked the president was coming because I knew he was coming. See, now I'm paranoid. I figured that I was a murder suspect or something. Right. <laughs> I was being framed. Yeah, that's what, that's what would go through my head first. So I knew the president was coming to town. It was the fifth anniversary. They made knowledge to the locals that he was coming to town. But when I saw all this going on, I knew President Obama was coming to New Orleans, and I knew he was coming to my place. And I was the only one that knew it. So I walk into the kitchen from the, the, to the naval guy. I said, is the president coming to, to uh, work here? Or is the president coming to eat here? He says, uh, he just winks at me. Two minutes later, two one-way streets in front of the place. Limousines go up the one-way streets. Secret Service out of one, the president and his family, two daughters and his wife out the other. Well, my friend Michael was there that day, and I was supposed to go with him, but I had another engagement. He didn't, he didn't invite me till too late, so he kept texting me through the whole thing. Get over here. Get over here. And then after the president got there, it's like, too late. <laughs> yeah. It was really cool, and I got a chance. I actually sat down with him and his family for about 30 minutes. Wow. And uh, talked to him, and, and uh, it, it was really cool. But long story short, it's been a long story about this president thing, but I'll tell you one thing at the end was – a guy came into the kitchen, Secret Service, glasses, men in black, just like you, you see on men in black. Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Comes in, he says, Justin, like he knew me, he had two bottles of champagne. I'm looking at him, like this guy called my name like he knew me. You don't know me, you know? And he takes his glasses off. It's the father from the Holy mackerel. That's awesome. Wow. He, secret, he, you, you told that well because I forgot that part. Now you brought it back he was secret. He was Secret Service all along. So he was messing with you. He brought his whole family. It wasn't even his real family. No. And that six-year-old no, was yeah, really a midget. That's what people say. People say, man, I got a book <laughs> they on were scoping you about out Teddy Roosevelt. The night before. Yeah. And to if, make if they sure followed me. You think your friend disappeared. They probably, they probably took oh. held her out of the oh, picture. Yeah, she's she in wasn't Gitmo good now. enough. They probably had she some. wasn't good <laughs> enough for uh, She's in Gitmo. She, she would tar your uh, 
Which image? I, what I, what I still haven't found. I still haven't found her since. What? So, Kendall, if you're out there, okay, we, we still love you and respect you. So if, if we're at Ted Frost. How well did you know her before? She could have been an alien. She used to work with us, but after that, you know, she, she was You never there. saw her again? Never saw her You went her to the again. bathroom. She disappeared. <laughs> Secret Service and his supposed family appears. That's how my and life. you never see her again. But that's normal in me. You know, that's how my life rolls. <laughs> oh, Justin, that's. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Oh, you did see her again? Yes. Yeah, oh, okay. We're friends. Yeah, She's graduating nursing school next month. Oh, okay. Well, Justin, <laughs> I think leave you? She what? was just a friend. Yeah, but why'd she leave, though? Why'd she leave? She passed she, out. She passed out. <laughs> uh, when I walked out, she was in the foyer, passed out on the... Uh, at Luke's? Oh, okay. At Luke's, on the bench when you're in a waiting area. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. The little six-year-old knocked her out. She yeah, had happened. to take out that aggression on somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> smell like chloroform. <laughs> <laughs> well, that voice you hear is your plus one. I see That's my here. plus one. Will you my, introduce him? This is... Uh, the great Mr. Jason Turner presiding. Chocolate Thunder. Chocolate <laughs> Thunder. All right. What do you thank do, Jason? Thank you, Mr. Thunder, for, for <laughs> coming in. Well, thank you for having me. Um, well, what I do at Parkway is I take a lot of the load off Justin here so that he can uh, kiss babies and shake hands <laughs> or <laughs> shake babies and kiss hands or whatever he wants to do, you know. So, you know. He says, you know, do something, and I make sure it gets done. All right. so. so how long you been there? Uh, I've been there about a year and a half now. All I right. started out uh, doing all the really grunt, grunty prep work. You know, they had me in a hot box, what we call a hot box, where we prep the roast beef. Uh, it's a basically a garage. I'm not supposed to tell all the secrets, but <laughs> it's basically a garage where we oh, have Oh, nobody like, listens to the show. Yeah. Don't worry. That's where right. we have tell like us. 90 ovens and we cook all the roast beef in there. And in the summer, it gets up to like 300 degrees. Oh. You can leave a roast brisket out and it'll be cooked in a couple <laughs> hours. So that's initiation. In the, you have to oh, work How does it get 300 yeah. degrees? It doesn't really get 300 degrees. Have oh, you been to New Orleans in the summer? <laughs> yeah. It gets to be 300 degrees. It literally will cook brisket in this garage. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. Wow. No, I'm lying, but yeah. It, it's really hot. It feels like that. It does. <laughs> and you you just... And how two long weeks do you into cook working, the br- I'm sorry. How long weeks? do you cook the brisket, though? Uh, it, does we, it have to cook over, like, all night? We generally do a, a 24-hour cook-off on our, on our briskets. Uh Nice. We try to get as close to that 24 hours as we can, but sometimes we have to speed it up just because everybody eats it mm-hmm. so much. So it's is it cooking overnight when everybody goes home and it's yeah. just left alone in yeah. there? And so you're, yeah. do you have to stay in the hot box? Did you have to oh, stay no. at night? <laughs> no, they okay. can't pay you enough to do that. <laughs> no. no, they can't afford that. No. no. But uh, okay. two weeks into this thing, I w- I literally lost 15 pounds. <laughs> it was like an Indian sweat lodge. In yeah. There. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, man, you look so good. Now you look <laughs> like, was I fat? <laughs> right. Is that what y'all telling me? <laughs> but it's 15 pounds of water weight. You yeah. Just yeah. I was I was doubling up on the work with uh, Justin and uh, he mentioned Charlie Steakhouse. I was working there, too, as a line cook. Oh, wow. And so uh, now I'm. I'd say number two at uh, at Parkway, but uh, 
there'll be wow, a couple people to dispute that. But <laughs> well, I'll tell you, he's number two. This, that's why I brought him here. Yeah, but he's so. you're the only one he brought to the show, so there you go. I think you win. Proof's yeah, in the you, pudding. <laughs> I met Jason uh, a few years back over at uh, Charlie Steakhouse. One of my best buddies is the owner, Matt Dwyer. Love that place. And I was thinking about bringing him as a mystery guest, but I was, you know what? Jason is Charlie's and Parkway in one. Yeah. You know, he does both of them. And... Uh, He's a great guy, and it's 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 like this. It's it's an honor for me to have him here. It's an honor for all of us to have him here because this fella is uh, he's probably one of the best kept secrets in the city, and we need we need to blow him up as he should be. All right, excellent. How are you gonna lose him? Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's fine. That was beautiful. <laughs> well, tell and it. Oh, good. Go, no, no, no good. I'm always interrupting you. Go no, ahead. No, I'm always I'm interrupting you. Please. I don't go. Please. I was just going to ask you. Know, give us a little. Give us a little summary about how you got into Parkway and how all that started. That's really, really it's really messed up. It's really crazy how I got into this because uh, I'm 28. Uh, I'm going on on 10 years of being at Parkway. I graduated uh, Biloxi High School, and B Town, B Town baby, <laughs> and Mississippi. The rest of Mississippi looks at Biloxi like that. A drunken stepchild, you know, because yeah. it's a whole different era. It's like New Orleans for the rest of Louisiana. I was going to say, it's like, it's like, yeah, New Orleans And New Orleans Louisiana. and Biloxi really have, they have a tight, close knit. Right. You know, more than any, I think, any other city in any state. Biloxi and New Orleans are like one of the same. Same type of people. They talk the same. They act the same. You go to you the same architecture in both of the cities. But my mother's born and raised in New Orleans. My father's born and raised in Biloxi. She moved over there. 70s found him. Here I am, and I got a brother and two sisters, and uh, always been coming to New Orleans. I mean, it's been a home since I was a kid. I had my ass washed by Archbishop Hannum at St. Louis Cathedral in 1984. <laughs> so that's my New Orleans initiation. Not much people who were born and raised here can say that. Right, right. Uh, but everyone has a favorite family member, and the favorite family member has to be the craziest one, you know. And my Uncle Jay, who is the owner of Parkway, was the craziest family member, and uh, that's your, that's your mom's brother. That's my mom's brother, yeah. and he'd pick me up. Sometimes meet me, meet my mom halfway in Slidell when I was a boy, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, all the way up till now, and drop me off in Slidell because she never wanted to come into the city. She hated that driving traffic, and she didn't miss it. She didn't want to come in with you. She just no, she didn't want to come in because she didn't like the traffic. She 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 been in this big city her whole life and she moved away she loved that small town but okay. long she's back here with us she runs the books at parkway <laughs> we'll get into that but uh i used to go out and my uncle worked with him through all the way up through i graduated on the weekends and he lived next to parkway bakery and parkway bakery closed in 1995 and uh, it had been open since 1911. And it was a bakery, right? It wasn't it a was po'boy a, place? No, it was a po always a po'boy oh, place. Oh, was, okay. But they made their own French. They were a bakery as well. The uh, bakery okay. was the front. Ah. Uh, okay. Where the bar is now. Where the bar is now. Okay. Yeah, no, the bakery was where the patio was, but the bakery was the main business. Okay. Tommy Mandina says he used to come over, ride his bike over, owner Mandina's, come over and uh, get some loaves. His dad just sent him over to Parkway to get loaves for his restaurant. And by the time he came back to the restaurant, off the ends were eating off the loaves. It was it was old school. Back in the old days, you know, like like I can talk about the old days, but I think I can because I've worked at Parkway for ten years, so I know the stories that no one knows, you know. Right, right. And every corner had a, its own bakery. But 
when they closed in 95, my uncle lived next door. And the old guys put a for sale sign on it. And Mid-City in 95 isn't Mid-City now. Right. Mm-hmm. The can company was shut down. Right. Uh, uh, it was just, it was, it was, it was a rough a- old area. Yeah, that had gotten a little rough. So my uncle bought it for a good price. And uh, he, he, the place, he, he bought it for what it was. You know, it was just an empty shed. And he made it a tool shed for his construction business. That's what he did. I remember going my earliest remembrance of Parkway that no one else could tell you a story about Parkway when they were a boy. They tell you about how the donuts were and how this was and how that was. My earliest remembrance of it, probably only one story comes from me, my uncle's tool shed. <laughs> I used to go in there and get hammers and saws and we'd go to the job site. One thing that I remember, everywhere we went, we went to the North Shore, we went downtown, we went to Mid-City, we went to Chalmette, uptown. We were doing some work on somebody's house with a little age on them. My uncle would say, hey, you know the Parkway Bakery? That's my tool shed. Parkway Bakery? I remember I used to come there when I was a boy. They had the best roast beefs. They had the best donuts. I remember that. And I graduated high school in 2003, and my uncle heard them stories so much, he said, man, I'm opening this place. I'm putting the hammer and saw away, and I'm picking up the bread knife. <laughs> and there it went. History since then. Wow. You know? Now, which house was it? Is the one that's on the like twenty foot stilts no, next no, to no, it? Not no, that no. one, right? That's where I live. Okay, you but, live on. Um, you live in that house. I live in that house. You're never gonna flood, man. No. Yeah, you're in the highest house in the city. No, <laughs> you're right. It is. It was the house on the other side on Hagen Street. Okay. It's it's the house that the only piece of property in that block that we don't own now. Oh. <laughs> and we that was what he only owned before he bought it. That's not what the one with the vintage car in front of it now, right? used to be one that had a vintage There's yeah, like a 1950s little 1930 Model A. That's it. We yeah, just we the, just crunched it's, 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 it's in the parking lot. Oh, parkway. okay. Okay. We just uh got it going. All right. This past week. So that's yours? We ran it. It's my it's Parkways. Nice. We just we just ran it. So we're getting that we're fixing that thing up. Did you grow up in New Orleans? I did, born and raised. And uh ironically, I grew not up not far from Parkway. Uh, I went to elementary school at Fisk Howard, uh, which has been torn down now, but it's in mid-city. It's, uh, it was on uh, South Lopez and South Gayoso or something like that. But uh, we, I was actually telling Justin this earlier, we used to fish, me and my uncle, uh, my uncle Bill, we used to fish in the bayou that was right in front of Parkway. Just oh, runs, wow. like literally on that same bank. <laughs> and we'd pass there all the time. And there was always people in Parkway uh, up until, like you said, 95, it closed down. Um, I just thought it was a cop hangout because we also <laughs> always see, you know, cop cars. And, you know, my uncle wasn't really always on the right side of the law. So he avoided that <laughs> like a plague. <laughs> so we would, you know, we'd fish and hang out on the bayou and, you know, we'd see all the people coming and going from Parkway, man. It was, wow. it's pretty much a big circle of New Orleans. You know? When did you get involved in Charlie's? Um, about three years ago. Yeah. Uh, I was a truck driver and I got married. So that's not really conducive to uh, so a good you to career truck at truck and, driving. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, the one thing I really love to do other than drive is cook. So I went to a local uh, kind of commercial cooking school 
and I got into uh, Charlie's. Just a friend of mine was a bartender, and so he had mentioned to the guy over there, Matt, that they, uh, you know, he had a friend that was looking for work, and so I ended up there. And you know, when whenever we weren't busy, I'd go from the kitchen to the front of the house and talk to people because. I like talking to people. I, I'm a talker. So uh, that's how I met Justin and a lot of the other people that are regulars over there, you know. And we, everybody I've met there, I'm really good friends with now. So. It uh, seems like the kind of place, too. Everybody's a regular there pretty much, right? I mean. Yeah. If yeah. you come twice, you're a regular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they know your name. They know what you drink. They know what you, right. how you like your steak, whatever. It's just like, I mean, there's a lot of parallels to, to Parkway. Because if I see you in the window a couple times, you know, whether I'm fake rude to you or if I'm the most pleasant person, you know, then I know you. You're a regular. So, I mean. Well, I mean, what what is it? There's like two steaks or something on the menu at Charlie's, right? I mean, it's uh, just a. Not anymore. There's a lot. There's there's a lot now? There's a lot more. They're, they're They're kind of getting away from the old menu because a lot of people were like, Oh, this is what was always here. And, you know, they wanted to keep the tradition. But, you know, times change. So you got to change a little bit with the times. They've got a a couple new steaks, new cuts, and a couple new sides. But it's still the same tradition and the same feel, you know. Times change, but the game remains the same. They still have the same old school stuff. But they got some new school stuff for the right. people who can't jive with the old school right. stuff. So it's not exactly. a food museum. Right. Yeah, yeah right. No, yeah. no. And it's, I mean, it's, they've cleaned it up a lot since the, uh, since the storm. Now, weren't they next door neighbors to that place? Isn't that how it worked? And then yeah. it flooded and they shut down after Katrina and they said, the guy had nothing, had no business experience in restaurants. And he, he well, bought the place and reopened it because he loved it, right? Wasn't well, that what the, the story the, is? Or? The story is that uh, Matt, who's the owner of Charlie's now, he actually was a waiter at Charlie's, oh, okay. waiter slash bartender. And when they closed down, he uh, he had the idea that he wanted to reopen Charlie's. But the owner, Miss Dottie, was, you know, she's a little bit older. She's still around, so I can't say was. She is a little bit older. And she didn't want to go through the hassle of, you know, reopening. So she was just going to let it go. And... He was relentless with her, you know, the uh, uh, Miss Dottie and the original Charlie, his widow. Uh, you know, he was still in touch. She was still around then. And he just kept in touch, kept in touch, kept trying to buy the place. And he actually went around and he would cut her grass and wash her cars. He was like literally begging, like he was trying to get back with her. He was old girlfriend. And she finally Winter was heart. like, you know, I'll sell it to you with certain conditions that you don't really change the place or, you know, that you don't change too much. And so he was like... I know originally upstairs was like identical it was before the yeah. storm. People right. said, right? Yeah. Right. He didn't I mean, they've anything, kept right? the same feel. He spruced it up because he's such a. I don't want to say clean freak, but clean freak. <laughs> so he spruced it up, and it's it's the same feel, but it's a lot more modern. Not quite modern enough, uh, but it is. You know, for some people, 
but it is. Yeah, well, I remember the first time I went, it must have been 2006 or something. I went in there and I asked about our kids, you know, is there a kid's menu? You know, is there anything? And they laughed at me like, kids there's, get a steak. That's it. You no know, no menu. 35 bucks, you know, whatever it was. <laughs> you got to get a whole steak. And then, yeah, and that's there was no menu. They just, the waiter would tell you there was like two steaks and you picked which one you wanted and everything. You know, there's one other option, I think, for a side and that yeah. was it. You know, it was great. There's actually a picture in the dining room downstairs and it's one of the older waiters. I think his name's Gino or something like that. Something really Italian. And uh, the caption says menu. And he's standing like spread out with his he arms. He was menu. Like, I am the menu. <laughs> you, can, you can literally take that voice from that caption. Like you can't. It's like I am the menu. I'll tell you a funny story real quick about uh, uh, Charlie's. Uh, I've been going there since I was a boy. My Uncle Jay should take me there. And... Uh, my dad took me there a couple of times from Biloxi. My dad's family in Biloxi had an old, they have a, uh, a, a marine engine shop. So he'd come down here from Biloxi and try to sell parts and marine engines to all the shrimp boat workers down, uh, you know, in, uh, down in Venice and, and, and all that around that way. And he'd always come back to Charlie's. And uh, he took an old redneck mechanic from Mississippi down there. And uh, I'm from Mississippi, so... I can say redneck Mississippi mechanic. <laughs> so, and you're wearing a John Deere hat. And I'm so, wearing yeah. a John Deere hat, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you have street cred. I'm yeah. a redneck. <laughs> so, I go. We go. They go down there. They go and work on a shrimp boat down in uh, Grand Isle. They come back up. They stop. He says, "Look, I'm going to take you to a place called Charlie's Steakhouse. It's one of the best steakhouses in the city." And this mechanic says, "Okay, let's go." So they go there, and my dad knows the spiel. You know, there's no menu. They're straight up. Uh, and it is what it is. So they go there, they sit down, have seated. So he just lets the mechanic ask all the wrong questions. <laughs> and the first one he says is uh, they had all Italians working at it at that time. Right. Been there probably 50 years. I remember they had a little 50 old, 80 year old blue haired ladies working when I was a boy going there. And uh, so he sits down, he says, uh, Where's the menu? Guy walks up, so we ain't got the no menu. What you want? And he says, uh, I want a steak. Uh, what kind of steaks do you have? We have a T-bone, a filet, big or small. What you want? It was never ounces. It was big or small. <laughs> and he said, give me the big T-bone. So he gets a big T-bone. Works Charlie. it up. The Charlie. Which is the Charlie now? What's it, a 32? 32-ounce 32 32 ounce. Oh, wow. The gangster. So he comes back out. He sets the hot sizzling steaks on a steak plate. And that's the only steakhouse in this city I've ever seen come out on sizzling steak plates. Uh, there's no, there's not another steakhouse that does that. Huh. I don't. I don't. If, if you know, you've ate it. No, every, no. I think that's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. They come out. You got to watch back. You know? Chris's <laughs> didn't used to do that too. They probably after, used I mean, to. No, no. They probably used to. But right now, there is no steakhouse in the city. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Putting no. it out on the steaks. Oh no, no. On the, on the, okay. on the place they cook it on. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so he comes out with steaks, lays them down, and old redneck mechanic says, uh, "Yes, as if they have any ketchup." <laughs> And the old Italian waiter looks at him and says, oh, you want the ketchup, huh? I get you the ketchup. He goes back to the kitchen, and they're busy. My dad told me this. I could see it. He walks out with every cook in the joint, every cook, the dishwasher, every server. They surround the table, and he puts the ketchup, Hans, right on the table. He says, he looks back at his crew. He says, you see this guy? He eats a steak like a little lady. <laughs> and they all laugh at him. And uh, I told Matt that. And when, when I was at Barclay, 
Matt opened that place up in what 2007, 2006, 2007, eight. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. I lose track of time. It'll be five years uh, this August. Okay. Yeah. So when he reopened. Uh, one of my bartenders knew him real well and, and, and knew him for like 20 years. And Matt was eating lunch at Parkway while he was reopening it. So that's how I was introduced to Matt uh, from Charlie's. And when I heard that, I knew Charlie's from that story from my uncle used to take me. <laughs> so we hit it off right there. And he's a great guy. He runs a great business. And if things don't pan out for me, I'm going to work for Matt <laughs> at Charlie's. <Day. laughs> um, we are going to ask y'all questions from the book of questions. But I do have one question to ask you about that who is the oldest uh employee longest term employee uh, you have oh right shit. now oh that's simple the one and only mr james adams been with me since and taught me everything i know and don't know since you opened in what 2003 since we opened 2003 yeah. i remember wow. the first time i laid out 10 years on. yeah he that looks young the, he looks younger now he's the easiest he looks guy now. he's the easiest guy i've ever met in my life i've never seen him mad and it's that's, that's how you rare. That's how you that's kitchen. how you last. That's I how you survive in the right. restaurant world. Yeah, yeah. You're easy going, go with the flow. Shit's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. And so he he's mentored. Oh yeah, he taught me. I actually did a a, a a a show. I can't tell you what channel because they want to disclose it. And it was a competition for chefs around the city. Nice. And my spiel was they want to know where you come from, your background. And I told him about James and how I'm better than all these fancy chefs that been around and went to uh, Cordon Bleu and this and that because I learned from the streets and I learned from cooks who aren't as credited as they should be, like Chef James. I went in there and whooped all their asses. <laughs> you won? I won. All right. It comes out in July. Oh, a spoiler. Come on. No, no, no. <laughs> but I didn't say what show. You can't say. You can't, I can't say. say. No, we don't want it because you can no, get no. in trouble with no, that. No, no, be bad. We, we want to be able to, to see your, that. Uh, this is um, intriguing, the book of questions. Okay. Oh, yeah, so, and this is before you were born, I think. Yeah. You were born in 84? Yeah. That's about when this was the best seller. <laughs> He's 84, I'm 81, so. All right, so I've you. Got a, I I've think got a we couple. need to pick. We, normally, we let y'all pick your number, but since y'all are babies in 81 and 84, should we make them take their birth No, year? let them pick, let them all pick. All right, all right. Your favorite number between 1 oh, and uh, 217. Uh... 71. Okay. The year I was born. Right. Let's see. Oh, you just dated yourself. <laughs> I'm proud of it. <laughs> I have no... Right on. Okay. Okay. Would you be willing to have a... Hor to have horrible nightmares every night for a year if you would be rewarded with extraordinary wealth? No. No? No. Every day for a year? Nightmares? No. Every you would be disturbed by nightmares? No. Every day above ground's a good day. I don't worry about money. If I got food in my belly and I got my health, that's all I'm worried about. You all know? right. Wanting money, that's when you, if you do something for the money, that's when greed comes in and that's when you fail. You do it for the love and then money will come. And I, I, I never expect to be the richest man in the world. I don't want to be the richest man in the world. But uh, I want to provide for my family and for myself. But health is everything. And the way you live, you know, you got to live right. You know, I, I, I'll, I'd rather be, uh, you know, I would, you could be, you could be the richest man in the world. And you got a lot of enemies or you can be a normal Joe and have a bunch of friends. I'd rather be a normal Joe and have a bunch of friends. Dude, I would Great. do that 
for that exact reason. I take all the nightmares for a year for that exact reason. That everybody else would be awesome. I'd take care of everybody. Oh, you'd be the richest man. Yeah, it wouldn't. That's it awesome. wouldn't be just for the the love of the money. I'd I'd lose a little sleep every night for a year, just so I could take care of everybody I know. Oh, that's oh, nice. Once you, Y'all once you got it. The oh, nice that's thick, oh, that's thinking outside the box, Look, dude. Yeah. Boom, you don't see this on TV. We just clashed <laughs> a fist pump. Fox News would call that a terrorist fist jab. <laughs> <laughs> so watch out. Really? Yeah. What if you do this? Is it still, because uh, my son does that. That's a squid. That's the blow up. No, that's uh, a Your squid. Your son might be the coolest kid alive. <laughs> <laughs> Is that still kind of uh, freaky? No, it's still happening. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's a little weird, but he might be the coolest <laughs> kid alive. <laughs> All right. Well, you have to answer a different question. All right. That my was number, nice. And, but my number is 111. Okay. 111. Some of these are terrible. Here, you read it. <laughs> gonna make me blush all right why are you giving it to me okay <laughs> if your parents became infirm and the only alternative to bringing them into your home was to make them into zombies no not zombies <laughs> was to put them in a nursing home okay would you do so what about a sister or brother who suffered a, a permanently this crippling injury this is so <laughs> 80s this is before they had nursing homes this is like the new nursing homes were a new thing in the 80s and other than your home had nowhere to go but a convalescence home would you take the brother or sister in <laughs> okay um, Permanently crippling injury. So you're changing yeah, diapers. I, you're like, you're doing the whole nine yards. You know what? I just actually had a weekend with my family. We uh, had a, a surprise birthday party for my mom. So just off the high of that, I probably would for a while. <laughs> I'm not going to say forever, but for a good while, <laughs> I'd be willing to change a diaper or two. Uh, my dad, I'd probably think twice because he's threatened to pee on my foot <laughs> on purpose <laughs> when he gets old. Why would he do that? That, is, that makes no <laughs> sense. It must to be me. a father thing. My father threatens me. I don't know what kind to of pee on your foot too. <laughs> no, he, so he, funny. He, he threatens me that one day I'm gonna have to wipe his ass. Yeah, that's a dad <laughs> thing. That's definitely a dad See, that's, thing. See, that's a disincentive to, like, you know, what, what's he doing? <laughs> yeah, it's not know. smart. I, I don't think know. I think must be saying y'all put us through, put I me through so. so much hell growing up. You were a pain in the ass. And when I'm old, I'm going to I'm a make I think it. so oh, yeah. because I've, I've, I've found payback. myself, I've caught myself telling my son the exact same thing. <laughs> He's like, so, Dad, when you get old. He said, Dad, when you get old, I'm going to put you in the nursing home. And I'm like, okay, when you come and visit. I want to piss on your foot. <laughs> How old wow. is your son? He's nine, and he's a. He, can I say asshole on this? He's an yeah. asshole, but he's a benevolent asshole. <laughs> if right. that makes any sense. Is he's he an yours. only child? No, I've I've got a nine-year-old son and a twelve-year-old daughter. All right. So, he's awesome. She's mostly great. <laughs> Can't use the word awesome, but mostly great because she's twelve. So. All right. And you have siblings, but no children. No. I have an English bulldog. That's about <laughs> as much as I was as a kid right Rock now. Well. I have Parkway, too. You know, that's enough. That's your baby. But, yeah, I'm, uh, 
I'm I'm looking for the family one day, but uh, you know, right now it's just not uh, yeah, appropriate. Rock, Rockwell's a handful. Yeah, I can't even take care of my dog. You know, so I I just put a, a, a bowl of uh, food in front of him and leave for 12 hours. You know, I, I'm thinking that's, that's all I could do with a kid, but you get thrown in jail for that. He, he, Rockwell actually got out of his apartment uh, last week. It's an 85-pound English bulldog. Whoa, he's oh, big. He's he's a muscular dog. And so he gets he can out. Go far, though, huh? Yeah, he gets out, and I'm outside on in. I'm on the side street, and I'm having a cigarette. I live at the restaurant. Yeah. So. And so okay. I hear this scream, and there's these four black ladies, and they come through the alley. You know, nobody leaves through the alley, especially like Customers. dusk or at night yeah. or whatever. And they're running down the alley, and one lady's like, "I forgot my purse. Go back and get my purse." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, uh, what's going on? And she's like, there's a big damn dog <laughs> on the patio. <laughs> and I go and I'm like, the only big dog I know is Rockwell. So I go and he's just hanging out on the patio. <laughs> I'm like, Rockwell, come over here. And he comes over and I grab him by the collar and he just shimmies out of the collar. <laughs> and he's running around <laughs> grabbing people's french Eating fries. Their food. Yeah. Oh man, he's nasty. And I called Justin cuz I thought Justin had come down to the restaurant and saw something that needed to be addressed and tied Rockwell up or something. So I call him up. I'm like, "Where the hell are you?" He's like, "I'm upstairs." <laughs> you do know Rockwell's downstairs, right? <laughs> running around the patio. What the hell? How the hell did he get out? <laughs> well, he's down here, so I'm bringing him upstairs, and we've got to yell at him, like literally, get upstairs! He's he knows how to open doors. Yeah. <laughs> he knows how to open doors, literally? Yeah. yeah. You can put those child safety devices I had it, on no, you know, I had like it. I had it nudged. I, had, I didn't close it all the way, and he clawed it open and ran downstairs. And uh, Have you thought about making dog po' boy? That would solve the problem. Yeah, it would. He did two, oh, two, two, two birds in one. He's po' boy, <laughs> too. He's, he has some meat on He's him. all muscle, too, man. He's an awesome dog, though. Well, so, so, Justin, it sounds like you uh, you live there. You live next door, right? It's your life. It's been your life since before you even you know got involved in the place, I guess, from the very beginning. Yeah, really, it's right? been my life since I was a kid. Since you were a kid. So, do you ever get away? I mean, do you uh, do you, yeah, do you go do, vacation? Uh, what do you yeah, do? Yeah, I, I make sure I take a uh, a good vacation uh, every year. I've been to Hawaii. I've been to New York. I've been to you know. I make sure, and I I'll, I'll go alone if I don't have a friend to go with. You go in the summer, or what do you do? But it all depends on when I feel like leaving. Right. And you know, when I feel like leaving is when I look at one of my regular customers, and it just happens. It just <laughs> happens. We're all human. I'm like, I don't want to see you. <laughs> I'm thinking that. I never say that. But when I think that, it's like time to go for a couple the, of weeks. The guy comes out of the sewage <laughs> uh, hole, right? You yeah. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go back in the hole. You know, it's like I, that's when it's time to take a couple of weeks vacation. Right. And then when you're on that vacation, you realize what – what you have it's so special and, and you're yeah. pumped up to get back and everybody yeah. i don't care what Reinvigorates you do how you. much you love it everybody needs to get away yeah that's definitely. part of life you know how about you do you get vacations much uh i don't every uh every night when i go home i guess is a vacation i guess i'm ob- obligated to say that huh <laughs> so every She's night listening, yeah. being with your family <laughs> is like a vacation I yeah <laughs> sure <laughs> I barely get an off day, let alone a vacation. You're right. Mm. <laughs> Your off day is when you're dead, son. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a question, and now I don't know where 
I read this, but I'm just. Who is Michael Tannen? <laughs> <laughs> I read that name. Michael and, Tannen. And and how did he influence you? How do you know Michael Tannen? <laughs> is this? Sick? I'm the psychic. <laughs> because me and S- Michael Tannen come to breakfast. We're closed on Tuesdays. Michael Tannen's been my breakfast buddy for about seven years. And uh, three times out the month, three Tuesdays a month, we come here to Ted Frost. Uh, wait, wait. You didn't know that? No. 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 We, go to a bunch, we go to a no. bunch of places, but this is one of my picks that I take him because Frost Top has the best breakfast. Wow. I really haven't really... I really haven't eaten here too much for, for dinner, but breakfast. They got the old same cooks in there. They got the same people. And you want to see this place basically come for breakfast. You know? I've never had breakfast it's, here. It's I've nice had lunch and really nice breakfast. Never it's, had like breakfast. it's real New Orleans. It's like, I mean, like a breakfast. Like it's like a New Orleans place you, you'd sit back 40 years ago and you know, would sit at. But Mike. That is, that's an endorsement, yeah. Mike is uh, He's awesome. a, 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 one of my best friends, and he works with me. And I don't know why I didn't pick him for because <laughs> I'm more awesome. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you're Chocolate Thunder, man. Yeah, Mike, <laughs> would, Mike wouldn't let anyone have a, a chance to talk. Uh, he's an old oh, guy. He's an old. He's not lying. He's, a, he's an old Jewish fella from uh, from Coney Island in Brooklyn. Oh yeah. And uh, he's been here since I'd say 2006. His brother uh, has been here since 1969. Uh, he was a city planner, and his brother Bob Tannen actually oh. placed uh, where the GNO Bridge landed, and he placed where the uh, arena, New Orleans Arena, went. He worked for a big huh. firm that did that, and he was a city planner for years. and And now he just uh, does his artwork. But Mike, his little brother, his little brother's fifty six. <laughs> uh, he come here at an, uh, he worked for Tower Records. His whole life, career. He will tell you I'm about talking it too. big time Tower Records, not just working flipping CDs, like right. opening stores, yeah. uh, training people, like one of the big wins at Tower Records. And when they went under, yeah, there used to be a Tower Records in Decatur, right yeah. in the corner. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. When they went under, he was at Lincoln Center, New York, and he'd open stores all over the place. They went under, you know, all the CD shops. You don't see too much of them around anymore. Right, right. They all went under because of the, uh, the internet iTunes and everything. And, all, yeah. and uh, he was looking for a job. And uh, he found us, and I'm glad he did because he does all our buying, ordering, anything. You come in a park where you grab a bottle of hot sauce or, you know, you eat a roast beef. Mike was on the phone purchasing it. And uh, I'm lucky I have a Jewish fella from New York purchasing food from me because he always gets me the best price. (laughs) But he's a... My best buddy. He's he's a mentor to me too on life, and always has good stories. And I'll be with him tomorrow, maybe here eating uh, eating breakfast. Oh yeah, tomorrow's Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. he's he's totally all. Yeah. He's he's mostly. Now, why did you ask though, Margo? Why did you ask the question? Yeah, I just I don't know. The name just came I don't. To you? I really I have no. Well, I'll tell you why you might have saw. Had to that. know some something about. It. This is why you might have saw that, because if you look at it, uh, there's a newspaper article. The one article they put Michael Tannen in was uh, they talked about our corned beef. And, uh, uh, back yeah, you, had to, thing, you yeah. had to go all the way to New York. <laughs> yeah, meet I went a to New, New York. Yorker, well, I all went the way, or go, okay, you tell it. Well, the thing was, I tried, I bought corned beef in town. First, I bought it already cooked. I didn't know what corned beef was. I knew, I looked on Parkway's old menu that they had from the 40s and 50s. 
And one thing that I asked my uncle and people that would work, they had tongue, they had liver cheese, they had bologna, uh, salami, they had corned beef. And I said, what's one thing I could take off this menu that's going to work now? Yeah. Of all those stuff? things, corned beef, yeah. And yeah. Corn Don't beef. want any of the rest of it, yeah. And uh, I was thinking about bringing liver cheese back. Oh. I love liver cheese. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, so I bring the corned beef back. And, you know, at first I bought, like, corned beef that's already cooked. No vital organs. And, and Mike mm-hmm. was working for us. Mike was working with us. And so I said, Mike, you know, he's from Brooklyn, from, from New York. So I said, look, try this corned beef. Because if anyone knows how to do corned beef, it's the New York delis. You yeah. know, they oh, know yeah. it. You know, that's, that's the second nature of them. That is the nature of them. Right. And uh, he tried his corned beef. Oh, that's bullshit. He's you know, get he out try of here. Get out of here. <laughs> you know, and uh, so I ended up, I, I, I get perfecting it. And... We do our own corned beef, and one thing I learned that you have to do with corned beef, I used to like buy it and then put it on a flat grill, warm it up with uh-huh. water, because you know when you kind of steam it, yeah. sometimes it dried out like bacon. Yeah. So I was thinking, man, what do I? So I went to Cat's Deli, I went to Carnegie, I went to uh-huh. Second Avenue, I went to all these little, the little Jewish Stein's delis. Stein's got a good one. Stein's has yeah. a great one, yeah, and, yeah. And, and Dan's a good buddy of yeah, mine. Yeah, okay. He's from Philadelphia. Yeah, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, what they do is they steam it. They keep the, the, the briskets in these big steamers. Yeah. And uh, when I came back to New Orleans, I bought these same steamers. Uh, and we steam our corned beef. Uh, and uh, Michael Tannen kind of like, he coached me on how it should be and tried it. He made our corned beef to what it is today by his critiquing. And, uh, and what, what better than a, a Jewish fellow from New York City to tell me how my corned beef should be. And he's a tough critic. He <laughs> is tough. Uh, well, you know what else is tough? The clock is tough because we're out of time. Oh, okay. It's killing us because this has been a blast. I'd yeah, love to is. talk for another couple hours, but we're out of time. we got to keep with our format. So um, thanks for coming. No this problem. has been an absolute delight. Thank you, Chocolate Thunder. This was awesome, <laughs> man. <laughs> and Justin Kennedy, from both from uh, Parkway Bakery. It's been a delight having you. We'll have your website on our, uh, on our website and any other information we can do to uh, – what, what hours are you open in days? We're open uh, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m., closed on Tuesday. Every day but Tuesday. All right. Thank Parkway you so much for coming. boys on Twitter. <laughs> and you're on Twitter? We're, we're on, on Twitter. We're, we're on, on Instagram. Facebook. We're trying we're to get Facebook. fancy. Yeah, oh, everywhere, yeah. all over. You have that, uh, what's that New Orleans piano player, actor, guy, famous not trumpet. Harry, Harry Connick. You sound like Harry Connick. That's, you what, that's, keep what, it the, to, uh, that's what the president told me. <laughs> you that's sound what like Barack Harry. Obama. He said, you know what? Harry Connick, he said, if I was on the phone with you, a buddy of mine sounds just like you, Harry Connick Jr. I said, Mr. President, you got it wrong. He Harry, sounds like. He sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, thank you all so much for sharing the evening with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys for having us. Jason Turner. Yeah. And Justin Kennedy. Thank you. Well, our show is recorded live at Ted's Frost Top on Claiborne Avenue in Calhoun in Uptown New Orleans. Uptown. Ted's is open. Uptown. Well, sort of Uptown, right? Yeah. Uh, Ted's is open seven days a week, serving first-class burgers, beer, and their awesome homemade root beer in a frosty mug. Proprietary recipe. Midnight Menu Plus One is produced by Grant Morris. Chris 
uh, Keo has been our technical director, and the fabulous audio quality, fabulous audio quality of this show is brought to you in part by PreSonus Audio Electronics. PreSonus makes some of the best audio recording and live sound productions, including Studio One music production software, Studio Live digital mixing consoles, and Eris studio monitors, and much more. Visit presonus.com for more information. You can get in touch with us here at Midnight Menu Plus One by going to our website. It's neworleans.com. From there, you can follow us on Twitter, find us on Facebook, sign up for our mailing list. And while you're at itsneworleans.com, you can listen to other episodes of Midnight Menu Plus One as well as other shows. Happy Hour, Mindset, True to the Game, Win Win, and Out to Lunch. If you're listening to the show on iTunes, thanks for subscribing. Maybe you could take a minute to rate and review us. That helps other people find us. Midnight Menu Plus One is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. Until we meet again, here at Ted's Frost Top, I'm Ray Canada. And I'm Margo Moss. Good night. Good night. You know Labor Day signals the unofficial end of summer, but not the end of your outdoor projects. Lowe's helps you do it right and helps you save with Labor Day deals throughout the store. Shop now and get two bags of Stay Green Potty Mix for $12. And keep your lawn looking neat and trim with a Craftsman 2-Cycle 17-inch gas string trimmer now $20 off at just $119. Whatever's still on your to-do list this Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 828. Soil offer excludes Alaska and Hawaii, U.S. only.